Grog. Hello, welcome to the Cider Shed podcast. I'm Matthew Weir, and for once in my life, I'm sat next to <laughs> Kerry Warbis. I'm touching Matthew. She is. She just touched my right knee. <laughs> and I've just came, so that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> we met last night for the first time. Um, one thing I didn't realise, that meeting Kerry for dinner involves no food. <laughs> I gave you crisps. They were ham on ruffles and They're- nuts. Yeah, and there were grapes at the end for dessert, weren't there? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't the plan to have no dinner, but, you know, we got talking, didn't we? We did. It was nice. I'm not sure how much um, cheap wine we consumed. uh, It was approaching five bottles. Yeah, we've propped up the Portuguese wine economy, I think. But that was between three of us. Yes, that's true. Yeah, Kara's here with her friend Jeremy. Um, So... He's also an avid Archer's fan, isn't he? He is. He is. And he listens to the Cider Shed podcast as well and gives me um, reviews verbally on how we're doing. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's a big fan. I tried to persuade him to come on. I don't think he would have fitted in this room. No, we're not in the pantry, though. I showed you the pantry. <laughs> yes. I'm so impressed <laughs> to now imagine you having sat in there. It's a beautiful pantry. Very small. Kerry's lying. <laughs> It's it's a horrible, miserable little workhouse type place, but that's where I I, I endeavoured to record the early days of the cider shed just to avoid background noise. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't to be the dream wasn't to be. So now we're in. So Kara's in my spare bedroom right now, which is mm-hmm. where we're recording. Um, anyway, before we get into all this soap opera shite, what, how are you liking Porto? I've fallen in love with the place. I think you're a very lucky man to live here. Yeah, and you know I've only been here two days. And I'm already planning how I can return. I'd love to bring my kids here and show them around, you know, ditch Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hi, Jeremy. But uh, it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Is it a city? It is a city, isn't it? (laughs) I was going to say town. And it's got a lower population than Brighton, which surprises me. Do you know, even though I was able to quote the exact population... Mm to the nearest point of Portugal. I don't know what the population of Porto is. It's 240,000 or something like that, and Brighton's 300 and something. Okay. So it's sort of kind of similar, but... Um, so don't sleep around if you live in yeah. Porto. <laughs> yeah, but it, we wandered around the river. People might have seen my um, photo dumps on Twitter and Instagram, but uh, it's wonderful. Yeah, well done, Matthew. You chose well. Well, the idea was to choose a city that was Portuguese speaking Hmm. um, to get back into Europe after my time in Brazil and to avoid capital cities. So I'm a Bristolian and you have a, Hmm. from from a Bristolian perspective, London's great, but you like to leave at the end of the trip. And I think Brighton's probably similar in that regard. Hmm. Yeah, so it... It's an it's a nice city. It's um, it's suffered a bit touristically, but it's yeah. I'm glad do you, you like so? it. What do you mean? In the last year, obviously, because people haven't oh. been coming, and it, it you really notice it. But another thing you probably wouldn't pick up on here, and you're a northern girl, aren't you? Originally, no, you? not originally. Aren't you? We, no, I I, w- I was in the north from the age of fourteen to twenty six. Okay, that this is being the background noise here is someone kind of loading up gas canisters. So Kerry sounds very working class right now. Um, so what I was going to say, 
you might not have picked up on is there an, there is a north-south divide in Portugal. So the people from Porto would consider themselves to be tough, hardy, ah. the dockers, the, mm. the more industrial people. And they see the people in Lisbon as kind of snobbish, okay. pen pushers kind of thing. So there's de- even like my 10-year-old kids, which has obviously learnt behaviour, will come in and tell me that people in Lisbon think they're better than people from Porto. Ooh. And there is that rivalry between okay. the two of them. So. Even better reason to be here. Yes, yeah. you're in you're 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 one of the lads if you're in Great. Um, or one of the lasses if you're in Porto. And I had one of those custard tart things. Just one? Yeah, I mean I will have more. Uh we were in a cafe and they brought two for Jeremy and I. Mm. So we were polite and had one each. Didn't order any more, but I want more of those. Anyway. <laughs> well, I was I was talking about those because I was thought we could segue into the cake. Okay. Fiasco. Neat, neat segue, Kerry. You go for it. Yeah. Oh God. The cake escapade. Someone told me off on Twitter for moaning about it because they said it's a metaphor, Kerry. And then they added, not sure what the metaphor is all about, <laughs> like, you know. Uh but yeah, this whole palaver about Jill possibly losing her cake crown. Jill, Jill, who we haven't heard from for two years, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, but it's going to be her 91st birthday at the point at which they were bickering about the cake, Mm. wasn't it? And her cake crown was going to be taken from her, potentially. Josh was loving all of this, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he he was the one that gave Ben the idea in the first place that this is going to be trouble. He started Mm. doing that last week, didn't he? Yeah. And then this week he was winding Ben up about, you know, you know, She's very competitive, and I don't know how she's going to take it. This idea that mm. I mean, where is Leonard? By the way, I assume she's eaten Leonard. Like <laughs> she's cooked him. Or... Yeah, he, there's been no word of him, no reference of him, has there? But if you were going to make a cake crown, what would you, what would you make it out of? <laughs> Which cake? Um, well, I think you'd have to follow Beth's um, example and use a sugar sculpture. That's the only thing that would hold, wouldn't it? She That's made it. she made the sugar sculpture. Wrapping mm. caramelized sugar around a was it a spoon or a something? spoon? Yeah, yeah. And that's the traditional way. I mean, I never had the patience, mm. or possibly wasn't a good enough a chef to be a pastry chef. And that's most chefs hop around all areas of the kitchen except pastry. That ends yeah. up that's dedicated. Like those guys are scientists. Mm. So, yeah. I've seen them do that on MasterChef. The old twizzling it round a metal rod. Thing. Yeah, I mean, I've done it, but it didn't look <clears> didn't look very ornate. But basically, who cared about the cake, really? And then Jill ate the cake off the floor. She came in like an animal, <laughs> like a crazy cat, and licked it up off the floor mm. while Ben and Josh and Beth watched. Yeah. And she made very favourable comments, didn't she? She said something like, um, oh, it's light, moist. The balance of flavours was spot on. What was she talking about? And she's even stopped calling me Evie. So Josh... <laughs> Lost the £100 bet, didn't he? I think what's happening there, and you might be able to shed some light on it, is they are pastiching uh, Great British Bake Off. Is that what's happening? I don't know because I don't live in the UK and I'm not beholden to these TV traditions, but I think much as last week we were joking about Blake being in... I'm going to keep saying three in a bed because that was the original (laughs) title. It's four in a bed. It's four in a bed now, Mm. but I've had had a major beef with a very lovely person about whether it was three in a bed or four in a bed originally, and it was three in a bed. So I was right on that. 
so we were joking and come so Blake was a cross between come dine with me and three in a bed mm. this was more like great British Bake Off with her comments I think I think that was meant to be the idea yeah I guess so I think most people will be glad that Josh lost when... yeah he's not you like him don't you well I said I quite like that he just says it like it is I don't know what else is there to like about him didn't Ben have a little dig saying like a hundred pounds is nothing to a, an entrepreneur like you? <laughs> but last week he was like, fuck off back to your chickens, Josh, <laughs> when he was pissing him off. Yeah. So there's always this, it's the tall poppy syndrome, isn't it, mm. in that family? And obviously it's a bit of sibling rivalry as well. Like, don't get too big for your boots. So we've just talked about Jill and then Josh. And now there's Justin to talk about. That was, well, God, I'm on fire. It is what one of that's alliteration. <laughs> you could get work on another podcast doing that. Oh, I don't um, want to. Don't make me. <laughs> well, Triple J is actually one of the finest alternative radio stations in Australia, but that's another okay. that's another story. So, Justin, yeah. what I'm I'm going to have to be schooled by Kerry here because oh, I listened on to Justin and Stella mm. and Stella and Brian. Um, what's happening? Is she the smiling assassin? What is going on here? Well, I didn't like... On Sunday, we heard Justin lying to Lillian about who he'd gone out with. He sort of said something like um, Twiggy was on top form. Uh, so was lying about who he'd gone out with, which is awful. Any lying, I, I'm not in favour of. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was a surprise to us all, I think, to hear them over dinner. They went somewhere posh where you could see the Hassett Hills and she was like... Uh, yeah. But the see, food was shite. Was it? Well, he, he basically said, like, the food isn't up to much, but oh. it's a lovely view. So I assume they were in a KFC <laughs> that just overlooked. No, KFC is wonderful, actually. God, I haven't had one of those for a long time. Oh, yeah. I, I ordered, during the early days of the pandemic, I, they started delivering here. And we just ordered a bargain bucket. Oh, and just brilliant. Feel, not a bargain bucket. What is it called? It's a something yeah. bucket. Justin and Stella revealed that they have history, didn't they? Um, and that he clearly had tipped Stella off for the job mm. at Home Farm. Uh, and then he started warning Stella about Martin Gibson. So we were all set up for the board meeting that was going to happen on Thursday because she said, oh, you know, don't worry about that. I'll, I'm not afraid kind of thing. I'll deal with him. Yeah, your point, though, I don't have the answer to what whether he has sent her in as a f***er-upper of things. Yes. From, for our Brian. That's exactly what I said, yeah, mm. a f***er-upper. <laughs> give myself a little bit of extra work on the bleeps there yeah he met her for lunch she worked for him before mm. so I'm just going to reiterate what Kerry said there and then recommended her when he realized Adam was leaving yeah and they had all these chats about I mean it is we were talking about this off air weren't we it's turning into a bit of an agricultural infomercial mm. on the archers which is fine that kind of suggests to me that there is upheaval in the agricultural world right yeah. now yep. and they're desperately trying to normalize some of this shit that's happening to people yeah but her comp she went to did justin know he was stirring the shit when he said about the divorce and the land oh god yeah okay i think so he's a manipulative individual isn't he you can tell because well there's loads of clues isn't there but when he when they were still at, at lunch and he said um about you know martin gibson can't even grasp the benefits of rewilding and then said, you know, you get eco brownie points for doing that. Mm, brownie we points got two mentions this week. I think the script writer must like that too. Oh, did they? Came up with Jazzer and the bike as well. Oh, oh, very good. But it just showed that Justin isn't into rewilding. He's doing it because of 
the recognition you get for doing it. Yeah. So and, and possibly in in recognition equals cash as well. Yeah. Or some kind of grant. Yeah. He's not a nice individual, is he? Don't like him. So he he's stirring the pot with Stella. Stella goes to Brian. Did she go a little bit too hard? Yes. <laughs> Who am I asking? No, no but <laughs> she did though, didn't she? I don't, she was she didn't let Brian speak. She went stomping in. They had a big row. She Brian was quite dramatic in his response though, wasn't he? When he when he unloaded on her and then mm. he later came back and apologized, but to be honest, most of his points I was like, yeah, fair point. Exactly. So she but she her first sentence to him was, "Why didn't you tell me you're considering selling home farm? Just answer the question." Yeah. Would someone in a new job do that? Would they not just ask more gently, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Considering it's, she must feel very confident to go in and say, why did you give me a job that's about to end? I would be more like, "Um, are we closing? Yeah, I've just heard (laughs) um, a rumour. Can you tell me if, you know, anything behind it or not? One thing I like is Brian managed to man, he managed to put progressive in inverted commas when he was talking oh. about Adam's farming methods. Yeah, he like, mumbled that deal. Progressive, yeah. my ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and the worst thing was he blamed Susan for the gossip. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Oh, I bet it's that Susan Carter yeah. thinking about her share of the farm." When it was Jennifer, really, yeah, he let slip to. Lillian. Yes, and apparently suddenly we're hearing from two different sources via Brian and via Lillian mm. that Jennifer's now the one who's bang up for selling the farm. And Brian's hesitant where it was the opposite last oh. week. All he did was mention the house. Yeah. House equals kitchen. Mm. And Jennifer's just she's like got a full on wide on for this <laughs> idea of now selling up the farm and moving on. I th- I was quite moved by Brian's mm. um no succession, no heir. Mm. But it's, it just made me feel a little bit sad for him. Yeah, and he explained about the family troubles. I, I loved it when he said, um, uh, do you think I want to sell the farm? 46 years I've been working this place. Sorry if I didn't keep you abreast of the situation, yeah. you little cow. <laughs> <laughs> and also, in, in all of that, I'm a little bit surprised that Alice's issues haven't been shared just as much as well. because. I presume Lillian knows what's going on with Alice by now, doesn't she? Yeah, but Brian did tell Stella that, didn't he? He did, but I was surprised that she was only hearing that for the first oh, time I from see. Brian. Mm. I thought it's far more likely she would have heard that from someone else before. Maybe she was actually, yeah, she said, oh, I wasn't aware of that. Maybe she was doing that out of politeness. I don't know. Not the first time. We had Jenny last week, now we had Stella doing that whole thing with Brian, like, you're not old. Yeah, you're, you're not a dinosaur. Yeah, <laughs> One bit that Brian said, which made me roar with laughter, and I felt a bit, oh no, you fool, about him, was when he said to Stella, we thought Alice and Chris were rock solid. (laughs) Which just shows how clueless and detached he has been recently to their situation. As if the divorce was a massive surprise. Well, to say they were rock solid, I mean, that's insane. I've yes. said Brian's insane. I don't know what's yeah. happened to me. Well, there, there we go. We <laughs> it's got this it. Beer you've given me. <laughs> yeah, I've. By the way, it is. Let's let's full disclosure. It's eleven twenty-one, and care, I've already got carry on AM, <laughs> and I've already got carry on a seven point two IPA. Uh, I won't be 
drinking because I'm teaching children later in the day. Mm. Did you hear that, my employers? Yeah, I did try to encourage you. Yeah, Kerry did. I might have a sip, but, you know. Yeah, so Brian and Stella, it's a funny little, they're dancing around each other, aren't they? Trying to suss each other out. She's quite feisty. He can be feisty back. He doesn't know whether to give up his blessed 46 years love interest of home farm. Then at the end of the week, she was very impressive in the board meeting. So this is the bit, I mean, we've only listened to this today, haven't we? Yeah. Both of us. This is the bit that I was hoping you'd school me in. So she's gone into the board meeting. Mm. And I thought she was going to do a um, a stab job on Justin in the meeting. That's what I thought was going to happen. Ah! But she fought the corner for the farm. So she's playing both sides, isn't she? Yeah, there was a hint of that, wasn't it? I thought, well, oh, that's clever of her. She almost dissed Justin in the meeting, didn't she? Yeah. Which was a bit of a smokescreen as to their influence on each other. But uh, yeah, she was saying a lot of stuff about sustainable farming and carbon trading, which is quite a buzz in the city. (laughs) (laughs) And they all saw all these blokes who'd just been carping at us. We know, marvellous. What an excellent idea. Yeah, Martin Gibson, the the daunting figure of Martin Gibson was just immediately won over, wasn't it? Yeah, putty in Stella's hands. And Brian's. Brian was then saying... Thank you, Justin, for this new farm manager. And Justin got a bit twitchy at that point, didn't he? Thinking he'd been sussed. Mm-hmm. And Brian said, well, you did tell her about the job and you two go back a long way. And I was like, oh, right. OK, Brian knows that then. Fine. He, Yeah, but we were, we didn't know that Brian knew. No. Did we? We were meant to suspect on um, mm. Sunday's episode that it was industrial espionage or she was a plant. Yeah, but when you think about it, it must be quite a small world, wouldn't it be? Would you not know who just, you know Justin, so who has he worked with in the past? Well, that's the thing, when um, when Rob got his cards, he threw in Justin's face, I could get a job anywhere, and Justin basically said, like, I'm going to ruin you, I'm going to tell everyone, mm. I have massive influence within the agricultural community and you'll never work again, so yeah. piss off to America. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait for Justin to just fall on his ass with this one somehow, for something to go wrong. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what's happening. It, it. Do you think that my feeling is that there are things happening off air between Brian, Justin and Stella that we're not hearing? That maybe what, a threesome? That... <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kerry. Is that what you mean? A threesome. Uh, no, I just think that there's more going on in relation to this whole farm story, her going to work there. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? Brian suddenly was telling her how magnificent she was, your ideas about monetizing soil management. Mm. I felt like I'd missed an episode and I hadn't, where Mm. Brian realises what her relevance is to Justin. They each have a pep talk, like she has a little phone conversation about what she's going to say in the meeting like that. Yeah. You know. We have to fill in the gaps, so I assume. But like you said, that that part with Brian saying, thanks for the recommendation, Justin. Of what? Hang on, yeah, so you know all about the yeah. espionage. <laughs> I thought he was meant he was going to be upset or slightly mm. offended when he found that out. But maybe that's Brian just being a player. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. Come on, Brian. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that was good. That was good. So, yeah, Stella's, Stella's doing a good job on the... On the farm. Well, is she though? You know, it's all words at this point. Mm, and words that we don't know the meaning of. Yes. <laughs> That's true. 
She did say as well, I've got to do a lot more. Of course, I've got to do more research about this. I thought, yeah, you've just looked it up on Wikipedia. I don't believe her. Another thing that happened this week, we got more of wonderful Chelsea. Mm, yeah, sounding even more like her mother, the actress. It's brilliant. I'm, I just think it's Susie doing both voices yeah, at this could point. Be, with a bit of helium or something. Yeah, I reckon she's got the sock puppet that you, you fetishise so much, Kerry. <laughs> yeah, and she's was... just doing that in the studio. <laughs> that was Joy's sock puppet, wasn't it? <laughs> that was Rochelle. Yeah, Chelsea and the car. Because Tracy, bless her, she was worried, wasn't she, that Chelsea would be put off driving for life, wanted to help her get back on the bike. That's not... No, she didn't want to do that. <laughs> the wrong metaphor isn't it and I didn't like it when Chelsea said she wouldn't want to drive Tracy's car because it ain't got a USB socket for my phone yeah I know and and Tracy went oh fair enough I got some friends a couple of years ago took like um like a folder of CDs for a road trip and then we were heartbroken when they got in the car and there was no CD player it was just a USB port yeah but I thought he spoiled little brat you know Tracy shouldn't have said Fair enough at that point, I think. No teenager would poo-poo driving around in their mum's car. And I know it's probably the scriptwriters going, oh, this is the sort of thing a teenager would say. But I think they would love to just have the use of of their mother's car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is that that stereotype of the kid that doesn't want to be seen dead Mm. in their parents' car. Like in the in-betweeners. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, I've... My entire life is blighted by bright yellow cars. Like my mum had this kind of sporty Opal, which was actually a really cool car, like kind of like a wide-bodied American-style mm. car. And she used to come and pick me up from school occasionally if she wasn't working that day. And like I'd be getting into the car, and someone would shout, "Hey, weirdo, getting in your banana again!" And like everyone <laughs> would roar with laughter. But I loved that car. Like it had a really yeah. throaty, sporty engine. And then I ended up with a a yellow Ford Laser, which the Fiesta. <laughs> in australia and uh, that ended up being called the wooden banana for reasons that i can't go into here but, oh but um yeah my so, mum had a yellow Vauxhall viva right with okay. a black oh, roof yeah. and it was huge it felt huge when you were first driving but it was amazing loved it i will post a photo of me and the it was the electric banana from spinal tap fame but then we discovered that my the woman who sold it to me said uh, it should be in good nick because my husband's a mechanic. And then my cousin mechanic looked over it and said, I can only assume her husband was trying to kill her. Uh, <laughs> the engine was, the radiator was held on with a piece of plywood. <laughs> so it got, this news got around in Australia that my car was made of wood and it became the wooden <laughs> banana overnight. Uh, it was a death trap, to be honest. Oh, but, you know, then Chelsea spoke to, like Jazza got involved, didn't they? And he was stuck between a rock and a hard place, trying to be nice and not backing Tracy enough in front of Chelsea. That went down like a cup of cold sick, didn't it? Tracy straight away was, what would you know about parenting? You were barely brought up yourself. That was harsh. Stinger. It was harsh, wasn't it? And I know she's worried about Chelsea's safety, but, you know, before the episode was over, she was apologising to Jazza. But nevertheless, that's a horrible thing to say. Yeah, we're, do- we're dealing with levels of, of the class thing again, aren't we? Because Tracy and the Carter, mm. the Horribins and the Carters are always kind of slightly, well, not slightly, considerably below the Archers and the Aldridges. Mm. But now she's kind of finding someone else to look down on in Jazza yeah. because he had this bad upbringing that was shite I didn't like that and she also told him 
to get his cards today, didn't she? Like, you know, fam, not today, but in the episode last night, right? It's family only or whatever. Yeah, you can't stay for dinner. It's family only from now on. But she she's she always turns on a sixpence, doesn't she? Like, yes, she's, she blows hot and cold kind of thing. Although I did hear when Jazza was saying in the hide that he had missed out on Tracy's mince pie. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, and that, has that... she made a pie out of mince casey? <laughs> And that that um, that that prevented Jatler having his favourite evening activity, which is talking mints, which I assume as he sits down and just talks about how wonderful the pie was. Yeah, you know, it was very the whole Jazzo thing was quite warming oh, this week, wasn't yeah. it? Because we had this With like Blake. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, like it didn't take him long to break in terms of going absolutely nuts on his motorcycle with Chelsea. Yeah. She asked him once. He was like, "All right," and then they started doing donuts around the village green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he was talking to Blake, it was it was quite sweet. Where he's like, I think they bonded, didn't they? Because uh, Jazz's dad was a drunkard, and then he was absent, and he was quite glad of that. Blake then revealed he never knew his dad. Mm. Then uh, Jazza was singing Jim's praises. Obviously, Jim is a huge role model to him. So he kind of was like, don't knock these people who are not fussing over you. But Blake had mentioned, you know, Linda and Robert were asking far too many questions and saying, have a bath. And he and, uh, put on my husband's clothes. <laughs> when did that happen? Dress up as Robert, Blake. <laughs> Come to the bedroom. Yeah, but it was quite touching when Jazza was saying, look, the Jims and Lindas of this world are the diamonds, basically, aren't they? Yeah. It was that moment where we finally got someone who Blake can relate to, who's not yes. fussing over him. Yeah. Because I, I don't think he liked the fussing. No. I mean, you know, Jazza brought him a bacon sandwich and he when he went to get the sauce he was like what's in the bag it was like oh it's like brown sauce or red sauce i didn't know which one you'd want he was afraid it yeah. was going to be mayonnaise <laughs> are we are we not pro mayonnaise i love mayonnaise i wouldn't put it on a bacon sandwich i have put mayonnaise on a bacon sandwich mm, um, rebel <laughs> do, i mean do you do you know anyone that doesn't like mayonnaise yes my daughter oh okay it's what's, very what's her quibble with it I don't know. She just hates it. She wouldn't ever have it in a sandwich. She wouldn't dip chips into it. Nothing. Oh, here we go. Gas canisters. That's the gas man. That's all right. Yeah. I think that's him leaving, actually. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm just just always um, curious as to what Yeah, what's not to like? It's so bland, isn't it? But but, And yet lovely with certain things. uh, With respect to Mimi, if you don't like mayonnaise, you're a wrong (laughs) Um... So he, so finally, there's someone he can relate to, mm. Jazza, and it was like, yeah, that, you know, the, the smoked quail terrine that Robert and Linda's didn't really do it for me. <laughs> you know? So he obviously felt a little bit threatened mm. there. So I think it was more than, I mean, the spilling of the water was the straw that broke the camel's back, wasn't it? He was obviously freaking out about yeah. his environment when he was there. Yeah, but it's all okay because he's going to make Jim's shelves now. <sighs> Uh, by the way, Jim! Yes. I was so happy. Oh, he appeared. Yeah, I was so... That was pretty... I, I meant to write notes, and I just wrote Jim in large well, letters on a piece of paper. that's all you need, isn't it? Yeah, he was warning Jazza to be careful, wasn't he, with Chelsea on the bike. 
Yeah. Um, and mentioned he was going to the Hyde that night. The with Hyde? His digital recorder. Yes. The Hyde, which I kind of mentioned last week, and everyone looked at, looked, not, didn't look at me because we couldn't <laughs> see each other then, but kind of said that I was. I was uh, slightly insane from mentioning the hide, but ended up last where. All right, I did joke that he, that Robert was going to get him to fix it up. We had a little mm. debate last night, didn't we, over wine? Because that's what people with no life do. Over <laughs> over who owns who has ownership of the hide, or mm. is it public space? So we don't know. I think it's shared, isn't it? Because even yeah. even Philip, funnily enough, oh yeah, used to get in the hide with yeah. Kirsty, didn't he? For some romantic bird watching times. Yes. Uh, ironic that Blake ends up kipping in there. Ooh, yeah. What's he been living on? What's he been eating? Red wings. <laughs> that's what. That's why. That's why Jim can't, can't find any. Yeah, Jim can't find any. There and you can hear the calls. They're all up in the tree, going, "Don't go down there." Yeah, that guy what... from South London's going to eat us. He's surrounded by tiny little bones. <laughs> no, it was lovely. I think Jazza was a darling, and. Jim obviously was a darling too, wasn't he? It was good to hear his voice. Yeah, Jill didn't actually even feature, did she? Even though she ate cake. Off Jill the floor. has not been on the show Hope since she's all bef- right. since before lockdown. Leonard's been on it once, and that was the time capsule. Mm. So yeah, they are conspicuous. By are they their in absence. the time capsule? <laughs> yeah, maybe they just came out to eat some cake <laughs> off the floor. We're going to see them again and crawled back in twenty thirty five or something. <laughs> Some cryogenic thing yeah. that was that wasn't you know you had to read between the lines that was what we didn't mm, learn yeah what else was there there was the Vince dying oh yeah Vince is dead yeah I tell you what I mean I like Vince and I'm mm. all I'm all for sticking it to really wanky posh establishments but faking death <laughs> in a restaurant is a little bit shitty. Just a bit, isn't it? And uh, Ben had even put a tie on as well. Yeah, that was just bizarre. Which I found odd. This was the restaurant that Jill had protested against, wasn't it? Yeah, Les Sœurs Heureuses. Yeah, was it the family, the Duxfords, is it? Yeah, yeah. She launched a flat jacket, Lulu or something. Poor old Ben, he wanted the goat's curd salad or something. And... uh, Vince Mince was going, no, you don't want that. You want this lobster and steak yeah. on this menu. You're a farmer's son. Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Eat creatures. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, again, he was flashing his wad, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, like, go for the top notch, pricey items. Yeah, I can afford it. Lobster so it with truffle bear to... blanc, wasn't it? Yeah. They had on the menu. Yeah. It was leading up to Chelsea, not Chelsea, yes. Beth. Beth, sorry. There's too many new women in this. There's Beth, Amy, Chelsea. Well, Amy, we don't really count, does she? Oh, God. No, we'll come on to her later. Hopefully not. Oh, no, I doubt it, actually. <laughs> she doesn't sound very excited. No, retract back into my groin. <laughs> I did tweet about her that it's, she sounded at points like her battery was running low. You know, yeah. the bit where she was talking to her dad, Alan, about... Um, I've got something to tell you. Yeah. And, you know, at the point at which she said it... I, was, I think she went out to charge herself at one of those carports. Yeah, she needs to. Def- I mean, I know that it's she's giving up midwifery because, you know, her heart's not in it anymore. And Alan was actually quite relieved by that because he's seen her work so hard. But when she said, um, 
do you really mean that? It's a struggle to listen to her, isn't it? And I, I, I don't, I always try to be quite kind to the actors. Mm. Um, we, I mean, we give the Adam actor a bit of a kicking, we don't do, we? Yeah. Um, but I always try to be fair to them because I think they're working with the parameters of what's yeah. on the page. But with Amy, you know, there's just this thing where it's just so laboured and deliberate, everything that she says. And there's this point where Alan was like, I don't mind if you were, you could be a traffic warden, which I thought was a bit shitty to traffic wardens. <laughs> Very unloved profession. <laughs> but like, I was trying to imagine mm. Amy becomes a traffic warden, you know, and she comes home at the end of the day and she's like, yeah, and then I had to give this woman a ticket. And she was crying, saying she wouldn't be able to feed her kids that week. And I thought, that's just terrible. <laughs> and then I went home. <laughs> it's just like, everything about her just seems mm. to be without personality. Yeah, so it's more than she's run down, like, because of the work, isn't mm. it? It's just say something slightly interesting. Why have it? Yeah. So why bring a character back to her? Because there was a point when Alice went to stay with her and she was just being mentioned anecdotally. And then we finally heard her on the phone. There was a flurry of excitement. Like, ah, oh, Amy. And we're getting to hear her yeah. voice. Yeah. And now she's back in it. Everyone was like, oh, God, Christ, Amy. <laughs> I think, well, feeling is, is that she's going to become part of Chris's life. Yeah. What a pair. Oh, my God. I hope not. I really hope not. It's, there's just no... And she's not a bad character. No. I just don't think there's anything redeeming or interesting about her. Maybe. Now that she's got that off her chest, she's told her dad she's giving up midwifery, she's going to just go, right, God, now I can live. And she'll become very exciting. She's going to open Ambridge's first church of Satanism. <laughs> right opposite Alan's gaff. <laughs> Speaking of devilish things, I thought Alan offering a microwave jacket potato with any combination of hummus, beans and cheese. Yeah. Have you ever had hummus on a jacket potato? I have not, no. I, I think, thought you were going to say you had them. No, I think he was trying to, you know, be trendy dad because she offered Ruth, who we can completely forget was even in this episode. Cardamom chai? Cardamom chai, yes. It sounds like someone sneezing. To me. I tweeted that. Did you? I put cardamom chai and then I put just just for sound oh, effects I am pouring uh and then I put bless you. I'm topping carry up as we go here. Lovely. It's very nice. Is it? Yeah. Have a little sip. Yeah, I did do a tweet about that. Okay. Cardamom chai, bless you. Oh, okay. Great minds, huh? I didn't yeah. see that. Not that I don't hang on every word of the cider shed well, Twitter cr- account. <laughs> but it's it's been a little bit um we've all been a a little mm. bit in well i've been back to work which has been a bit nuts this week getting back to the school carrie's obviously on holiday yes and peter's a busy boy so yeah we've we've been a bit lax but we are the... we are here for you now that's the important yeah, thing we are indeed um so we what were we talking about this so we're talking about vince uh ben beth at the restaurant yes and then we strayed towards amy didn't we yeah Who's given up midwifery? We can easily stray back. I think I think it's a shame though with her because obviously the NHS story that it's a big plug for the struggles of the NHS, isn't it? Yeah. I wish it was someone who we cared a bit more about saying this. Yeah. No one in the Archers has had COVID, have they? No, no. There was an article last summer, wasn't there, in Private Eye, 
which was a joke article that everyone was going to go on holiday to Ambridge because it was the only place in England that didn't have COVID. Um, Kerry's very kindly brought me a copy of Private Eye and a copy of Viz mm-hmm. from England, which are two of my three requirements. But post-Brexit, you're not allowed to bring pork pies <laughs> into England. Uh I feel like we've almost covered everything. Yeah, I think we haven't we? I mean, what were the other... Oh, my God, that was lit. Yes, that. well, that was... I did like that point where Jazza and um, Chelsea colluded, be like, right, mm. you have to say it was really boring, all right? And then Tracy was like, she loved it. Yeah, <laughs> she loved it, didn't she? Yeah, and then she was horrible again to Jazza. Yeah, at the end of the week was a bit odd that the... I mean, there doesn't always have to be a climactical ending to the week's episodes, but it literally was that Blake is going to do Jim's shelves, isn't it? Yeah. Do we think that Blake will gently, gently, thanks to Jazza, and obviously Jim will be an absolute treasure, that he will somehow become part of the village life? That was my instinct. I Not yeah. only do I think he'll become part of village life, I think he'll end up dating Chelsea. That's my prediction. Okay. Just just throwing it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I've been right in the past. I'm going to go with that as well. Yeah. Good one. Because it ended actually, the last sentence was Jazza saying, you can come round anytime you like, Mm. wasn't it? Along those lines. Yeah. Which is, you're welcome at this home. And maybe because Blake wants a male role model Mm -hmm. in his life, he will more likely go to that household. Yes. I'm not knocking Robert as a male role model, <laughs> but he might be more suited in that environment. Yeah, and I think Jim is probably far more likely to sense what will and won't make Blake feel uneasy. He's going to be much better at making Blake feel mm. comfortable. I mean, Robert and Linda, they were doing a wonderful job. Yeah. But, you know, there's no filter with those two in terms of how nice they can be as well. Yeah, And I I think Jim has the sensitivity to say, okay, this lad's going to freak out if I start chatting ancient Romans with him. (laughs) Probably (laughs) won't. You know, know, Blake, um, what's your opinion on the the Hittites? I don't (laughs) think it's going to happen. So I I think we're far more likely to get a good dynamic Mm. between Jim, Jazza and Blake than we are any of the... I mean, Kirsty is just freaking out Sean Dyche style. Yeah, around him the whole time. Lee was nervous and kind of talking about which colour your cup of tea should be, which, you know, I think Blake probably thought that was a test. Do you like tea strong? Uh, No, please don't kill me, karate man. What sound does a karate man make, Kerry? Oh, shut up. I've got so much grief over that. You know, I apologise to anyone I offended. I honestly thought that's what everyone does when they do martial arts. The amount of emails I got from the Chinese embassy this week yeah, Jeremy had the a triads are after me. It's been nuts. Oh, sorry, Matthew. Um, all right, okay. So I think we've covered pretty much everything. Mm. Uh, the only thing we didn't talk about that I thought Kerry might have liked was that Vince uh, discussed his Uncle Bobby's meat van. Yes, he did, didn't he? Oh God, his sub story about you know I started work when I was twelve. It was almost Monty Python <laughs> licking gravel type <laughs> stuff, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Uncle yeah, Bobby's we, meat van that sounded been good lovely. If Ben would have just gone like. <laughs> Driving around Smethwick in a meat van. Fucking luxury. (laughs) Yep. And 
Oh, yeah, he got his wallet out, didn't he? Which this was quite clever, wasn't it? Because he got the wallet out and Beth said, you know, I don't want your money. Yeah. It was because he had a photo from when she was seven. Oh. And she has never known that he had that photo in there in all these years. Got any photos in your wallet? I haven't got a wallet. Really? Yeah. My dad doesn't carry a wallet. No. He's, he's of the, the opinion that if you don't carry a wallet, you can't lose it. Well, yeah, I have a lovely little handbag and in there is a zippy bit and in there is my cash and my cards. Are you eyeing up my little handbag now? Okay, so, yeah. so pickpockets of Porto. If when, when <laughs> Kerry's heading down Hua de Santa Catarina, that's what you need to target. No. Okay, well, I think we've covered everything, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, so what's going to happen now is Kerry's going to get back on with her holiday. She's going to have a chaser to go with her beer. I think we're doing a boat ride today. Oh, are you? Mm. I wonder where you're going. Because if you go in one direction, you just go out to sea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I presume you're going inland. You're pretty much limited here. You can either go, um, you can either go east, which is down the river, or you can go west, which is pretty much your next stop is Florida. Oh, okay. You might, you, <laughs> if, if you go off course, you might hit Madeira, the Azores. But, um, yeah. yeah well, it. we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, everyone. So just we, we rushed through our socials last week, but we will tell them this week. So um, if you want to email us, it's hello at thesidershed.com. If you want to tweet us, Kerry, it's... At thesidershedpod. On Instagram is the same, at thesidershedpod. And we have a Facebook group, which is the Cidershed Podcast. Also, uh, share the podcast with anyone you think who might be interested. Got an alarming number of people that listen to the podcast but don't listen to the Archers now. Yeah. Like I've got friends that message me and ask me, who's Brian? (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, I have to fill in the gaps, which, you know, I don't mind doing. It's a little bit of um, – it's it's not heavy lifting. I'll I'll do that. Uh But also one thing that really helps us out as well is if you go on iTunes and leave us a nice review, give us a nice little five-star review – and say why you like the podcast and us, preferably. And that helps us bounce along, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I love having a little look at the reviews, seeing who's put what this week. <laughs> yeah, it is good. It is good. And it's yeah. also, it makes me enjoy reading reviews of other things as mm. well. Like even even reading restaurant reviews. Like I sent Kerry, I sent Kerry directions to go to a restaurant oh. on her first night here on Wednesday. Sent a couple of suggestions, and the first one was a pizza place, which I thought would be very efficient. And she balked at the idea of getting a pizza in Porto, then went out, used Google Maps, failed miserably because she told Google Maps she was a car, and it kept sending her down pedestrianized streets, and ended up getting what in the end? A pizza, yeah, even not at the place you told me. No. Yeah. No. I was bumbling around the cobbled streets. We ate the pizza at, was it midnight? Pretty much. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. So I'm going to leave Kerry to her, her and Jeremy to their own devices tonight. Mm. And we're meeting up tomorrow, aren't we? We're, we're going to have sunset dinner. Yeah. I'll be working in the morning and I will be uh, ready to party after a siesta, probably around five o'clock. Cool. Lovely. All right, everyone. So that's it. We hope you uh, you could deal with the the nuclear fission of me and Kerry being in the same room. <laughs> the universe has not collapsed in on itself. Yeah. What's goodbye in Portuguese, Matthew? Um, well, you can just say ciao. Okay, that's easy. Yeah. Ciao, or you can everybody. Say, yeah, até logo. 
I, I would have said um, Ben Vindo para Portugal at the start, but I don't want to sound like a pretentious. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> You'd never do that. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Hello.